It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 243 of the Big Show is some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Wacky Wednesday, Hump Day Wednesday, folks. We're almost there. A couple days. You can make it. I believe in you. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Um, got a special guest for you guys today. Ice Wars competitor. Ice Wars 1 and 2 competitor. Corey Allen is here, the A-Train. And we discuss his his uh, hockey his hockey timeline, his career from from uh, you know minor hockey to uh, to junior to senior hockey out in Ontario. Uh, to the Ice Wars, what brought him to the Ice Wars, and uh, training with Aaron Downey, and living next door to Chris Neal, and oh yeah, there's a bunch of stories here that I think you guys will dig. Corey's a good dude, um, had the opportunity to, well I met him at the first Ice Wars, but then at the second one in Edmonton, got a chance to kind of really, um, you know, kind of sit down and talk with him, and we were at the, in the casino bar after the event, and uh, yeah, ended up talking for, a, oh, I don't know, half an hour. 
and I and uh, Swanee kind of sat in the back there and, and bullshit and had a few beers. So, um, good dude. And, uh, and it was then I was like, Hey dude, you gotta come on the show. Yeah, I know, I know, you know, so no, we were finally able to, uh, to sit down today and do it. So, uh, that was cool. Um, and so I, I, I'm really looking forward to, uh, I'm not looking for it's here. I'm not looking forward. I'm here uh, to bring in the, bring in this interview to you guys, and uh, and you guys know um, I've had a number of the Ice Wars competitors on the show, and um, yeah, I mean it's just something I like to do. Um, you know, uh, obviously pump up the you know the Ice Wars itself as much as I can, but but also the competitors, and uh, you know. Get get I mean because you guys sit and watch Ice Wars it's like oh yeah, I remember this guy from the show and he did this and did that and and give you a bit of their history so um, I like to do that and uh, yeah and um, actually Corey and I end up talking for quite a long time uh, today so um, yeah I think you guys will dig it um, but before we get into that um, I'm not going to talk for too long today like I said Corey and I talk a little, uh, I don't know about an hour and a bit so um, I'm not going to keep you here too long in my intro. Um, just to, just long enough to, uh, well, we'll do the sponsors here first and then I'll talk about the Bob Probert Invitational. But as I said, I remember the Hockey Podcast Network, there's over 50 shows in the network. Uh, all the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. So check it out. And then for my off network friends, of course, I have Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast and, uh, he has moved into their house and they're setting up and, oh yeah, he's got his, office there is his podcasting room all set up his his uh you know amsterdam red light district sign in the back and i don't know pictures and collages and you know uh, you know some some bush beer uh you know beer mirror or whatever you know something to really draw the eye in when you walk into the room real feng shui you know and uh oh yeah it's a real scene out there in north carolina yeah you know, I, he, like I said, he, he's probably, he's got the, uh, he's got the uh, bumper blocks there by the wheels for the trailer, so it won't move. So they're, they're good to go. You know, they're the, in the new double wide. So, um, you know, and his two dogs, they're puddles and ranger. Uh, Ranger's got to straighten some, some shit out. He's got to start biting some people or something. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know, folks. It's, <laughs> it's late. I waited too long to record this intro. Where am I? <coughs> oh, jeez. Where am I at? Oh, yeah, it's Five for Fighting Podcast. Well, I will say, though, I mean, <sighs> he does have a good back catalog. I'll give him that. You know, he's had Bialois on, Rob Ray, Segroy, Jason Rushton, on and on. Tremendous guests. Um, he's actually really been, in the last little while, um, well, I know his, his episodes have been sporadic just with all this stuff that's going up from moving and all that stuff. But um, he, I know he's kind of really... Focused on the East Coast League lately, and because uh, he came from Florida, with obviously where the uh, um, Everblades play and, and stuff like that. I know, he, and uh, and he started up the YouTube channel. That's what I was gonna say. Go to YouTube, Five for Fighting YouTube channel. Uh, he uploaded all the East Coast League fights from last year. Made, he's made a few compilations, you know, best of Anthony Collins, uh, Travis Howe, that type of thing. And uh, yeah, and he's really kind of put a, a focus and a spotlight on the East Coast League. And in his latest episode, he kind of breaks down, uh, you know, the tough guys that have signed so far in the league and, and uh, you know, what each team, each guy. And so if you're not familiar with the East Coast League or, or like, you're like, I want to watch hockey, but I want to see some tilts. Well, the NHL ain't going to give it to you, but the East Coast League will for a little bit anyway. 
they got a few guys that'll still throw down and Alec breaks that down. So, uh, I would suggest to have a listen. And, and in the meantime, like I said, check out his channel. And, uh, I know this year, um, I'm assuming he's doing it again this year. I would think so. And, uh, so when you're there, subscribe to his channel. We're trying to get Alec to a thousand subscribers. It's getting close. He's at eight something. So, uh, I'm sure by, you know, a couple weeks into the year, he'll be there. But, uh, yeah, so definitely, uh, if you could do that, that would be tremendous. And while you're there, bounce on over to the, uh, the fourth line voice, uh, YouTube channel. And I have over 2,500 videos on there, all the leagues. OHL, NHL, WHL, whatever league you're looking for, everything sorted, just type it in the little search engine, boom, up it'll come. So, yeah, 2,500 videos, you'll be there for a while going down that rabbit hole. So, um, like, I've always, I've said this in the last couple of episodes, um, the channel has been a little dormant lately. I haven't really done much with it, um, getting, uh, getting Isha to look into it, um, and I do want to, as the fall kind of goes on here, uh, get back into my YouTube channel and kind of get it going. Not only with just uploading fights, but I have a few projects that I want to do on there. Some short videos and stuff like that that I think would be like a little biography thing or a myth and reality type of deal. So I think that'll be fun. So subscribe to the channel so you don't miss it. And uh, something should be popping in your inbox here uh, in the next little while. But uh, anyway, guys, other than that, um, well, I was about to say here's Corey, but... One last thing, of course, the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament has been going on for the last week and a half, and we are down to the final today. It is none other than Tony Twist versus Dave Brown in the final. A couple ex-Saskatoon Blades going at it. And, of course, uh, Tony Twist defeated George LaRock, and Dave Brown defeated Marty McSorley in the, to get to the final. Or is it Coaster? Who did he beat? No, it was Marty he beat. Uh, to get to the final. And, um, yeah. I think that's a hell of a final four and a fi- and a great final. And I want to thank everybody who's taken the time to vote. And uh, uh, yes, I want to. I, yeah, and thank you to all those who pointed out that where is so and so. You know what I got today? Uh, I'm looking at this list. Where exactly is Ever- Everett Santa Pass? There is a name I didn't think I would get thrown. I got Orlando Kurtbat thrown at me. I got oh, I. I a bunch of guys. Where's this guy? Where's that guy? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, all the crying. But who's not in it and who's not? Francois LaRue. I saw him beat the shit out of Tony Twist. Oh, you did, did you? Yeah, that's that's interesting. I saw it too. I didn't beat the shit out of him. Oh, okay. You know, we had tape on his hand, so he cut him. I guess that's beating the shit out of him, I guess. But anyway, yeah, yeah. But that was a new one. Everett Santa Pass. I liked Everett Santa Pass, actually. Um, high end pick, uh, never, unfortunately didn't really pan out, but, uh, had a great fight with Lyndon Byers though, when he was with Chicago, um, if I, or is it Quebec? No, it was Chicago. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Everett Santa Pan, all right. Yeah, I didn't think I, I, you know what, if you had given me a hundred guesses of who people are going to say, why, why is it this guy in the tournament? I don't think I would have picked Santa Pass. I gotta be, gotta be honest with you, but, uh, I want to take, thank everybody who voted. I want to thank everybody who left. Com- like legit comments about who they thought would win and why and blah 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 that's always appreciated I uh, thank you for creating conversation and uh, I mean because that's the whole point of doing this and uh, th- and you know who you guys are because um, I as I said the voting was a little light this year uh, which was a little disappointing but uh, you know it is what it is um, you gotta hate that saying 
But uh, I want to thank those who took the time out. Because uh, it was the same guys. They were commenting on all the fights. And, and they had a little back and forth with each other. And, and everybody was cool. There was no, I didn't, at least I didn't see it. I mean, I'm getting a million notifications. So I might have missed it. But I didn't see anybody, you know, being snarky with each other and, you know, whatever. Um, now, Facebook, on the Facebook groups, that was a different story. There was a bunch of knobs in there. But on, on Twitter, where the actual tournament was taking place... I didn't see anything too goofy, so, um, you know, maybe a few kind of weird comments, but overall, I didn't see anybody, you know, snipping at each other, so I want to thank everybody for that as well, so, but, uh, yeah, well, by the time you hear, well, no, you'll be hearing this tomorrow morning, so it'll still be voting, Um, if you're listening to this on your commute tomorrow, uh, on the way to work, uh, and you're, obviously, you get on your phone and bounce over the, bounce over to Twitter, fourth line voice on Twitter, and vote, and, uh, yeah, other than that, um, I'm going to shut up. Let's get into this interview with Corey, the A-Train Allen. And um, yeah, guys, I will, uh, I'm will. i not sure if I'll have a guest on Sunday. Uh, I'm talking to a few people. Uh, Saturday, we got a bunch of birthdays. we got to go out to the farm and shit like that. So um, Saturday, I, I can't really be interviewing anybody. So I got a couple days here to interview someone. I got a few irons in the fire. I'm not going to throw out names, but... Uh, you know, if not, I guess, you know, whatever, Friday night, I'll be sitting here recording something, I guess, but uh, we'll see. But uh, anyway, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, I hope you enjoy this this interview with uh, Corey. I want to thank him again for coming on the show, sharing his story with me and with you guys. And uh, Ice Wars, support it. Let's get it out there. Spread the word. But uh, all right, guys. Uh, fourth line voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook and the YouTube channel. Check it out. All right, guys. I'll talk to you. Talk to you guys again on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. All right, here we are on the fourth line voice. I have a special guest today, folks. Uh, from from Ice Wars, combatant Corey Allen. Corey, how you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Very good. Hey, man, thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. No, I, I appreciate it. I, it's real excited to be on it. So I'm listening a lot of the podcasts, a lot of the shows, so it's super excited to be on here. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, hopefully we won't dull your enthusiasm here in the next uh, half an hour or so. But, uh, um, well, we I guess we got to, uh, you know, we'll get into Ice Wars and, uh, and of course, your your uh, senior hockey stories. And I know you have a few, we were just talking, of course, a few uh, few off ice stories and stuff, and uh, but before we get into that, I guess we got to uh, you know we'll start at the beginning here. Uh, where were you born and raised, and where did you play your minor hockey? Uh, so I was born in a little town called Palmerston, Ontario, where I actually play senior now. But uh, I was born, I was raised in a small town, Dundalk. So I was uh, originally a Dundalk Shark. That was our team name, Dundalk Sharks, way back when. Then we we evolved into the Dundalk Storm, and then I was off to play Junior B, followed by some Junior C, because I probably wasn't quite good enough for the Junior B. <laughs> and then that would, uh, that would graduate into uh, Senior, and I had a brief pro tryout. And then, uh, yeah, back to the Senior Loop, and along came Ice Horse. So here we are today. 
Well, there we go. And I mean, uh, well, first of all, we got to start at the beginning here when you're talking about when here's the little guy near the sharks. Did you guys have teal uniforms? We had teal uniforms. Sweet. We had the shark. We looked. We looked like San Jose. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Well, that was that was like back when like San Jose, you know, first obviously hit the NHL, and they had those. No one had seen the, like teal. That, that was some sharp shit back then. Those were good looking unis. It was. Yeah, yeah. Good looking, we was good looking unis, but we had about the same track record they have with winning champ, <laughs> winning championships. Yeah, yeah. Well, all, all I know is that they were a great team to play with on the Sega Genesis because all they do is fight, right? You know, but. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, the with the expansion record there. Um, so, like you said, you you, you played uh, you know your minor hockey, then you, uh, you you went up into the in junior B and junior C. Um, were you uh, what type of player were you? Were were you always sort of an aggressive you know hitter? I mean, well, I mean it's junior B, so obviously you're doing some fight. Were you doing fighting back then, or did you sort of that sort of morph in in senior? In in all honesty, I. I I wasn't much of a talented player, uh, and I wasn't even I wasn't even overly physical. It wasn't until probably about fourteen, fifteen that I started actually finding a little bit of physical draw. But I was fast; like I was I was all legs. I was super fast, but I had I was gifted with the wrong set of hands. That's for sure, or maybe the right set. Yeah, maybe. Taught me. I think I think it brought me more opportunities than. Uh, Maybe in a goal scorer, but um, yeah, no, I, I I did fairly fairly decent in the points through uh, through um, my minor hockey, we'll call it. Yeah, I had uh, the one year the one year that I got I guess they kind of scouted and invited to uh, it was the Listowel Cyclones Junior B. So I, the year before, I think I actually put up 30 points, which is, you know, the, probably the best year I've ever, uh, second best year I probably ever had. So I wasn't really, like I said, I, I wasn't overly gifted, but my speed helped me a lot. And then when I hit the junior age and made a junior team, the hands started catching up because everybody else that was playing seemed to have a good set of hands and. The only thing I had going still was the speed, so I started to adapt my game and played a little more physical because I was starting to get a little bit bigger. But yeah, I wasn't uh, I wasn't well gifted, and, and I even probably didn't even have the right hockey smarts at that time either. But uh, yeah, no, I, I made the most of it, I guess. Well, when when did you like start realizing it's okay? Like, obviously, skill wise. I, I won't be on, you know, I can't keep up with some of these guys, but, you know, like you said, you could always skate and you're, you know, you'd hit a little bit. When did the, because I know in Junior B, obviously, you know, I know out here it's called, back in the day it was Jungle B for a reason. Um, when did the, when, when did it something, did someone tell you or when did it click for you that it's like, you know, I could probably stick around these junior teams or become a little more sought after if I start fighting? When did that take hold? Well, I think uh, for me, it was actually more of a, it, it was kind of like a fine line of my parents gave me an option, either start playing, paying for your own hockey or figure out how you're going to play for a team for free. Kind of deal. So, yeah. um, I, and I don't know, I, I went to, uh, 
how that all started out is I actually went to a AAA tryout. Yep. And I actually didn't think I did really good. And the coach actually called and said, oh, are, are you coming to play? Like, we're actually going to take you. And I ended up saying no because I wasn't, even at that time, I think I was, I was that would have been the year that was 16. I know I can say my parents probably couldn't afford AAA at the time, so I, in my mind, I didn't think that was the best option, and I wasn't sure that I had the skill level to even actually do it. So I didn't want to be kind of a disappointment in in that sense. But I guess uh, I can't remember the AAA coach that year, but he actually, the way it worked out is he was buddies with the coach in junior B for the Cyclones, which I believe was Jeff Valentine at the time. And he, uh, he made a phone call and that summer I, I got a call and said, Hey, I got a recommendation from this coach that I'd like to have a look at you and come on out. And I was actually a forward and I went out as a D because I was nervous and afraid to go out, go out as a forward. And, you know, I, I actually did play. I'm like, okay, I got to play a physical presence here and make the most of it. And, and in all honesty, things just, for whatever reason, clicked. And it was short-lived, though. Don't get me wrong. It was short-lived. So I played a bunch of pile of games with them, and I ended up being in a... We did some sort of exhibition tournament, and I got cross-checked in the throat, and they thought my larynx was cracked. Uh, so, so I ended up spending two weeks in sick kids, they had to send a scope through my nose, all that. And at that time, I come back, and they offered me. I met with the coach, and he's like, "We don't want to start. We don't want to enter the full season with you injured. We want to give you time." So at that time, we actually had the junior D still kicking around. Now that was our jungle league. So he's like, "How do you feel about going to B fourth?" are to Mount Forest Junior C. So Seaforth was Junior D, and Mount Forest is Junior C. And at, the, at that time, I wasn't even, I, you know, I was physical, but I wasn't really big into the fighting scene. I was actually trying to put points up, but again, learning to start to use my body. So at that time, I, I didn't even really know much difference about the Junior D or C. Like, I knew a little bit, but I didn't follow it that much. All I knew was actually free high. So I ended up, I was living over by Moncton on the other side of Listowel, so southern Ontario. I was like, well, c closer. Why don't I go c He's like, all right, go there, and hopefully you get better. We'll we'll keep an eye on you, and our plan is we'll bring you back once you're healed up and everything. So I, I think I, all in all, I was probably two and a half months with Listowel, give or take. And then I hit this junior D team and that's when the fighting, this is when the fighting actually started. So I get out, I get out to uh, skate and first game in, I wasn't even five minutes in and all of a sudden this guy came along, knocked the stick out of my hand, picked it up. So I gave him a whack back, boom, fight. So we didn't get kicked out. At that point, you got you, there was we had two fights in our junior D back then. So then I get my get my five man penalty, come out of the box, I'm in a fight again. I'm like what the heck? And I did well in both fights. 
So and I at that time I was only sixteen. Not not very big, but I was I had fast hands, I could throw rights and left. So so we finished the game and kicked out after that. And next game, same thing. I, I can't even remember where we were playing. I forget all the junior D teams that were back in there back in the day, but same thing. Next game, make it through the first period. All of a sudden, this guy is asking me to fight. All right, well, I'm going to fight. So this actually went on for five games, and I think I had 20, 20 fights in five games, give or take. And... Yeah, so right there, I actually, I end up saying I'm, I'm, I'm not even cut out for this. This isn't what I want to do. This isn't the hockey I want to play. It wasn't actually the role I was looking for. So I left Junior D, and I went back, and I played, I think it's Bantam, Midget. I don't even know what year or what, what age category is. But I ended up actually going back, and I played for uh, – Moncton Wildcats, Monk, Elma Logan. It was it was minor hockey. Game. I just I wasn't feeling the scene, and I had a forty or fifty point season that year. And I took our me and uh, another uh, lineman of mine, Bobby Smith. We carried our team to the OMHA finals, lost in the OMHA finals. I took the legs out from somebody in the dying buzzer moments. Started a line brawl. <laughs> beat up one, beat up, beat up a defenseman. The goalie came out. I beat up the goalie, and it, it was a bad fight. Like I had, I had the goalie tucked between my head, all of his gear pulled up, and everybody in the crowd said you could just hear the thuds. And I was hit him in the kidneys. It was probably, uh, it was, it was quite the moment. My my parents and my grandparents are not really impressed with it. However, at the end of that season is when I made my. Uh, Junior C debut because Mount Forest called me up and said, "Hey, we want you to come here. Do whatever you got to do through the summer and come here." So then I ended up in Mount Forest for as the rest of my junior to my overage years. And at that time, even in junior, I I struggled with getting the with getting the cage off. So I'd get in a fight. I'd try about for three, four, five seconds to get a helmet off, and if I can't get the helmet off, I'd just punch that cage until it was touching your nose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had uh, I had some wild coaches through the years there in uh, junior C, and uh, yeah, it was it was very old fashioned. Um, but that's that's kind of. It, that's kind of how the fighting end of it evolved. And like I said, I, I was, I'd be the first one, the puck would be dropped. I was either center or on the wing. The puck would be dropped. I'd be through to the D, taking out the D, pick up the puck, go all the way down the ice. But I could not put that puck in that save my life. <laughs> and that, that was, that was probably the difference. And I got scouted. I actually got scouted by, uh, by the Guelph. Whether the I don't know if Guelph were the Platers at that time or the Guelph Storm, but I was I was scouted for the OHL, but I never ended up going. The scout that came out and seen me, they ended up taking they had a, they had another kid that was local to Guelph, and they took him over me, which probably made more sense too. But that was uh, yeah, that was 
junior junior C basically. Corey's then, junior Odyssey. Yeah. It uh yeah. Um well before like you said with the with the fighting it, it kinda came like you said it was a little easier for you or not easy. I fighting's never easy, but you know what I'm saying. It was like you know, you could throw with both hands and stuff. Did you ever like take any boxing or were you like were you aggressive off the ice? Like were you fighting in the schoolyard and shit too? Like or did it just uh, sort of, just sort of like I got I had my fair share of mixes at school. I never started because let me tell you, if I started a fight and I came home, there was another fight when I got home, and that was that was my my dad. But if I didn't start it and I cleaned it up, that was okay. That was acceptable. But I had a brother. I, well, I have a brother. That's, we're the same age for eleven days. He's older, and him and I were typical country boy brothers and couldn't get along over anything. So. We we had a we had about a quarter mile driveway. We get off the bus, and he would just fist pump me about six times before we got to the top of the driveway. And this would go on for year after year. And Dad said to me, "Well, you're going to have to learn how to how to handle yourself, essentially." And all of a sudden, he's like, "Maybe start trying to use your other hand." And all of a sudden, I developed being able to throw my left hand, and he can keep up anymore. And here we are today. He's never won since. <laughs> <laughs> the revenge. Yeah. The revenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, um, well, you said, so you, you, you finish up in junior and, uh, I know when you're, what you're over eight, well, 20 year old year or whatever, uh, you were telling me you moved into the, into the world of senior hockey in Ontario. Yeah. So actually, actually, so what happened was it was, it was my, when I was 20, my before my overage year, uh, our junior league did a crossover with the North-South Division because some teams had dropped out, and they were just trying to make it work. And they're they're trying a new system out North playing South. And normally you wouldn't meet till the championships or however it would work. Not that we ever won a championship, <laughs> but uh, we uh, we had to cross over. And there was a few games where we had the team that everybody wanted to play with, but they hated to play against. And if we could put it, if we could put it together on a night, you couldn't play us. We were, we were actually, we were dominant, but we just weren't consistent. And the one night we had to go over to Allison for a game and we were down probably five, six, nothing. And I'm going to call him a little bit of a, scumbag piece of shit is our GM. Uh, I could probably put his name out there, but I'm not going to. So anyhow, our regular coach wasn't there. Our regular coach is, I was his type of player, play tough, play hard, physical, go through the end boards. He asked me to go through the end boards and do whatever he had to do for the team. But anyhow, we were down, like I said, it was, I think it was about 5 nothing. So, the GM says, go out there. He gave me the tap, grab the biggest guy, and let's get this thing going. So I went out. They just scored, squared up with the biggest guy. I, I skated over to the other side. I was, I was playing on the right wing, and this big guy was on the left wing. I can't think of his name right now. But I said, hey, I need one here. My boys, my team needs one. Will you give me one? He's like, yep, let's go. So... I actually did really well. I I 
hammered I hammered the guy I hammered the kid real good. Real good. Helmet came off first pull and I just drilled him and I'm pretty sure pretty sure he walked away with a broken nose. Both eyes were definitely black after this one. But right after the fight, I'm kicked out because we only had one fight rule. Boom, we go score a goal. So then another player that goes Mark Clocking, another tough guy, he gets sent out. Same thing. Starts fight. We go out. He wins the fight. We get a goal. Okay, so now it's 5-2. So the acting coach sends out Ryan Collins, which is another big guy. Same deal. Get a fight. We win the, we win the fight. We get a goal. And we end up coming back and winning the game 6-5. However, the league was not impressed about it. So the GM at the time threw me under the bus that I started the whole ordeal and I made everybody go out there and fight in a sense. And I ended up getting an indefinite suspension in my, when I was 20. So I had to go and meet with the league. The, I don't know what, I'm, I don't know what the league's called now. It's called the P, POGHL now, but hey, I had to go meet with the convener, explain what happened, how it went down, and get reinstated back in. And then at that point, because I I kind of sold out the GM on what happened, now Forrest and I'm not bringing me back, but they wouldn't release me, and Hanover Barons tried to pick me up because they thought I'd be useful on their bench. But then now Forrest wouldn't release me. So... I ended up finish, finishing my that year without out playing, and then Mount Forest had new coach, new executive, all that stuff, and I went back for my overage year, and they decided to. They were talking to me, yeah, you know, we're we're glad you came back, you know, kind of gave me the 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 full pump your tires story, and then they ended up signing the new GM's son, who, which was fine, didn't matter. I took it, I took it as it was, and I ended up going over to Shelburne Muskies to try out for the senior A team and made it. And it wasn't even, I'm going to say it was a month and a half in that uh, Mel Forrest was trying to get me to come back for my overage year, and I didn't go. I, I stayed in, in senior, which that's how the, Senior started. <laughs> well, and, and, and see, and well, and like you said, and you've been there ever since. I mean, um, you know, um, yeah. And senior hockey, I've, I've had a, a few different guys on that have played senior and stuff, and I always try to stress that to the listeners that um, it, th- throughout Canada, how uh, how big senior hockey is in Canada uh, in terms of like how many leagues there are and teams and. I mean, of course, as the years have gone on, I'm sure it's not that I'm a senior hockey expert or anything, but I mean, I'm sure it's restricted at some as leagues have folded and stuff. But I know at one time, at least here in Saskatchewan, there was a number of leagues and you had your, I guess it would be triple A leagues that would go to the out that would try to qualify for the Allen Cup, which is, you know, the Stanley Cup for senior hockey for those listening. And yeah. then, and then, I mean, and there was like ex NHL guys playing, high end junior guy, like ex junior guy. Like, this is good hockey, man. Like, there's some good, really good players, and they play in the small towns, and, you know, there'd be a few bucks thrown around here and there. 
and then there'd be a double A and all and all that type of thing. So there, you know, just like in anything, there's a senior hockey uh, system as well. Um, when you first get to senior, and like you said, you're you're you know you're 20 years old, and now you're playing 30 like dudes that are married with nine to five jobs, and and it, it's a whole different ball game now. Um, how were you in terms of the like, did you kind of come in like, oh, yeah, you know, because you were fighting and everything in junior, I can do it in senior? Or was it like, yeah, I don't know about this now. I'm, I'm starting to question a few choices that I've made here. <laughs> you know, that's, that's uh, yeah, that's a really good question. Because, you know, our uh, our senior, just to add, add a little more to it, we play, I play in the double, double A, which is the WOAA Senior Hockey League. You know, and then there is the AAA, which competes for the Allen Cup and all that. But that's that's more down in the city, your Toronto's, your Whitby's, that area. Yeah. So double the double A was Shelburne was the uh, it's ten minute drive from my hometown, so that's where I started out. But yeah, so when I first went out, I I had no I had no intentions of going out as a fighter. I actually. I actually went out and thought, I'm not going to make this team. What am I doing? And then, you know, it was, uh, it was a surreal shock, actually, in the same sense. And I, I'm going to throw back to, like you said, there is guys that play in this league that have played pro, that have played over in Europe, wherever you want to be. There's We have a couple ex-NHLers during the lockout year, a couple NHLers played in it, and... It is the best hockey you can play when your junior career is over and you still want to play competitive and you still want to be out there mucking it up with the boys and 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 competing for something. Like it's you know, we 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 play I gotta say we we play like guys that are pro, we put it out there like we're pro, but we do it for nothing because we, we love it and it's the best hockey you can play. But uh yeah, so flashback to twenty one years old. <laughs> I remember walking in, and I, again, I'm probably 200 pounds upside, and there was I mean, upside-down pyramids. There was guys, 265, 270 pounds of just jacked muscle, don't look at me the wrong way or I'm going to kill you. And you think you get by the, a, a certain guy, like I, I can throw my buddy out there, Tom Viola. He's a D-man. He's just a monster. He, if he looked at you, he might have a little funky ideal. If he looked at you straight, you're you're pretty near dead. And <laughs> so, um, I remember guys thinking they get by him, and all of a sudden he just catch this elbow from three feet away. Somehow he gets you this elbow. But so yeah, when I got there, fighting was not on my mind. Making making the team was, but uh, yeah, fighting fighting wasn't on the mind. But it was still, you know. On, on the back burner, if it came down to it, I'm not going to say no. And I played with uh, Eddie O'Toole, who was part of the Prince George original Ice Ice Warriors. And it was actually Eddie and Tom Viola were two of the bigger guys that, uh, oh, they, they instilled the confidence in me. And I remember going out and, this one guy kind of dirtied me, and Eddie said to me, "Don't let him do that again." 
He's like, next time he does that, you just drop the gloves and just start going. And I, uh, that's, that's how it started. Some guy went by, kind of dirty me, and I just dropped the gloves, and I swung like my life depended on it because the guy was probably about 36 years old, and he was just a monster. Yeah. <laughs> and I came, I came out on top, so that, that, that's what started that. But, you know, we, I always say, I always say that, uh, you know, we had that, and I say this after seeing the documentary, but we were like the trasher version of the WA Senior A. We had guys that could play hockey, put the puck in the net, and there was there was not a guy that on any given time was afraid to drop them, and they did well. Like we were tough. We were we were, that was probably the toughest team I've ever played on in my whole life. Well, like you said, you bring up Eddie O'Toole, obviously, who was obviously a tough guy as he was in the Enforcers tournament and everything else. But he could play a little bit too. Like he's a pretty good player for yeah. you guys. Yeah, um, he was. He was, uh, he was two points a night. Two points a night player. What, what did you What did you think when uh, you know to go off this off you, from you? But just to, when Eddie went to Prince George and fought in that pay per view, obviously, I'm sure you guys were watching it on pay per view to see how he was going to do. Um, and you're watching it and stuff. Um, what, what, what was it when he got back? I mean, obviously, you would ask him about it. What was his take on it? What did he think? If you can remember back there, oh, he's a, yeah, he thought he thought it was wild. I, I remember he got in. Eddie got into it on a like basically a social media vote. Like he wasn't even yep. on the original on the original selection. Somehow he he that, that guy's known everywhere somehow. And yeah, he he got voted in. But I remember seeing this at the same time though, and being like, "How do like I'd love to be a part of this? How how do how do you become a part of this?" But then realizing, oh, all these guys are probably I'm not in their weight category. I'm going to get murdered if I tried to get in. And I just remember he uh, he he worked out solid when he found out he was going. He was always working out anyways. He was always in great shape. But he worked out with uh, a good boxing buddy of of mine, which I actually met through Eddie, I guess, was Jamie Ferris. And he did a bunch of boxing with Jamie and prepped right up for it. And Aaron Downey worked with him also on some of the stuff. And, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty neat. And when Eddie got back, he, same thing. Yeah. I think he was a little disappointed. I, I think his guy's nose broke twice, but he was, he was doing well. He, he wasn't normally on the big size things. Like he's a, he's a big, Big wide man, but short and stocky in a sense. And you know, he was—I think he's was a little disappointed that his, his nose got broke because that's kind of what uh, eliminated him. But he, he held his own, so yeah, it was cool. And for this, then I'll jump fast forward. <laughs> that was part of the thing. Is he was the first person I messaged when I seen Ice Wars came back up again. I'm like, Ed, it's my chance. It's finally here. It came back. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get into this thing. He's like right on. So he's actually been supporting me the whole time. So it's good. He was a mentor to me coming out of junior into senior. And then just to kind of have him not physically in my corner, but rooting me on that. That was cool. That's cool. That's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Full, full circle moment there. And Eddie O'Toole, I hope he's listening. Shout out to Eddie, man. That was all, when you threw that name out, Oh yeah. You crack. I was like, Holy shit. Eddie O'Toole. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I can remember, yeah, the, the, with the internet vote, 
and and him getting in and uh actually that uh just going back um I mean it's been forever since I've watched it um that tournament anybody wanted to know the enforcer tournament that's called the black and blue tournament is actually on my YouTube channel it's two it parts two parts go check it out it's a really great tournament um but him and uh, uh the local kid that Trent Potskin that was a great fight that was an awesome fight that yeah. he, that he was in yeah, yeah so no, so when you said his name that, up, that's awesome. I'm trying to remember. I I haven't watched in a while, but for some reason I think Derek Parker was his, was a fight with him too. I think Parks is one of the guys that broke his nose. <laughs> if if I remember right, it could be off, but yeah, because he fought twice. Like you said, yeah, I know one was against Potskin right. for sure. Yeah, I don't know who. Yeah, could have very well been Parker. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was actually, but I'd have to like I said, I have to watch it to find out, but. There we go, and he. Uh, no, that's awesome. So, well, you said you, uh, you know, through your um, playing senior. It's funny. I looked up your stats here on uh, elite. You got twelve, one hundred forty-one career senior games. You got thirty-four points and seven hundred and four penalty minutes. So clearly, you adapted to the fighting role in senior and uh, and everything else. But I know you had mentioned that you actually ended up trying out in the Central Hockey League with the Fort Worth Brahmas. Um, yeah. How did that happen from senior hockey to so, pro hockey? That's pretty wild. Yeah. So uh, again, that's actually, I gotta, I gotta give credit there. It's, uh, Aaron Downey and Craig Menard actually. So they, uh, Aaron would always run a summer camp. He'd bring a bunch of boys, boys out, a bunch of guys. And you know, he's, he's a, when it comes, when, when it comes to that guy putting the work in to get stuff done and, it's physical fitness. He's like, he's the guy you want to be around and he didn't mess around. So through the summer, most times he'd, he'd rent the ice and I played with, so playing for the Muskies, his brother, Trevor played there. His brother, Kyle played there. And before my time, his brother, Paul had played there. So then I ended up playing with, uh, Sorry, so Tre- Trevor and Luke and I ended up playing together. So Luke's his cousin, and uh, L- Luke's actually a lot like Aaron. I mean, they're all they're all very similar. The Downey family, in, in a sense, uh, tough as nails, great guys to be around. And uh, yeah, Luke and I were line mates together for four years. I was a centerman for four years. So through that and that, I, through that and Trevor, I was able to, you know get the invite fortunately enough to uh skate with Aaron during the summer camps and stuff like that like through his summer programs and uh, the, the the scrimmages would get pretty intense and there's a lot of uh talented guys actually from our area that uh, didn't make it I'm going to say but there uh, it was it was some super aggressive hockey and Aaron actually likes when you're pushing them right and you're making them work for the puck cuz you're you're getting him to, you know, work hard and. and well, it's sort of, and it's game, and I it's mean, game I, like, right? Yeah, it's not rec league. It's yeah, game yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're 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 putting his training at the level that he wants to be at. So I just remember always, <laughs> anytime you got the pocket, there was a chance I, I'd go out. I'm like, don't get me wrong. At that at that age, I was definitely not somebody I wanted to throw hands with. But you know, you get on him, and he he give you a little pat and. Say thanks, man. Thanks for playing me hard or playing like that. And as I said, Craig Menard at the time, 
he was down in Texas with the Brahmas. He, I believe he was assistant captain at the time. And that year I went down, I actually think he might have been a player coach, him and Dan Wildson. And it was, yeah, Aaron's like, uh, Aaron Craig said, hey, we're we're looking for guys like you and Luke. Like, we could use a guy a guy or two like you guys. Why don't you, uh, why don't you come down for a tryout? So, yeah, somehow they, get, they got me basically hooked up with the tryout. So down I went. I was actually supposed to. I was actually supposed to pay for my hotel room. It was. It wasn't a full ride deal kind of scholarship, but or scholarship. Sorry, uh, tryout. But yeah, I got down there, explained uh, who I was to Dan and the staff, and they ended up they ended up paying for my stay. So it was even that much better. So uh, during during the camp, they had. Uh, that was oh seven oh eight. Yep. So I went undrafted on everything, and then oh seven I was invited to the camp just from, you know, thanks there and like a seven Craig. So, so yeah, I went down there and I actually had a real good camp. Um, I was flying in the back of the net. I was getting the passes on. My footwork was good. I was probably I was right in the mix. I actually was right in the mix. Not. And I, I kind of blew my own mind. So I even before I went down, I only had about three weeks of training. But Aaron trained me, and in three weeks, he dropped about 30 pounds off me, actually, before I went down. And uh, my biggest my biggest fight down there, my biggest struggle, was actually going from the atmosphere change. You go from inside the arena, cold arena, the outside, and I just remember my throat just burning. And we would do, we were doing a hour and a half sessions on the ice, an hour of dry land, a couple hours off, back on the hour, on the ice for an hour and a half, another dry land, and then a third skate on the day. Yeah. And about day five of camp, like I said, I was, I was actually doing real, pretty good, real, real well for, for myself to say, actually. And, uh, the camp, the third skate, everybody, everybody's feel, feeling the pressure. They're, they're wearing down. And this, uh, we were, we were going to get bag skated. That's, that's how bad our final skate of that day was going. And Chris Nichols and I were in the room. I said to Chris, I, I didn't really know him. This guy, Matt, he's a, he's a local Texas boy down there. And I said, Hey, man, we got to do something to spark this next skate up or we're going to be we're going to be getting bag skated. I, I can tell you right now. So he's like, yeah. So we had, uh, it was a scrimmage. The third skate was actually always a scrimmage. So we're coming into the scrimmage and I said to him right off the draw, let's, let's get one going here. So we dropped the gloves toe to toe. I went right left on him, got him with the left off the hop. Then we squared up after he got back up again and I ended up putting nine zippers over his eye. I felt, I actually felt a little bad for the first time because we, we were both gassed and I split him good. I split him from the center of his nose right out to the temple. He was leaking everywhere. And, uh, you know, I just kind of, not that I usually feel bad about fighting or anything, but just the scenario of, Hey, we we're just trying to get guys sparked up and everything. And it is what it is, but part of the, part of the business. And I shit you not, Dan Wildfong, after that practice, came up to us. He praised both of us. The whole tempo of the last skate was upbeat. And he, Dan Wildfong's 
straight up said to us, if that scrimmage didn't go the way it did, you guys were going to be doing an extra hour of skating. So, so yeah, that was uh, that's how that went. Um, Robin Big Snake was there that year. Yep. And I never did get a chance. I want. I actually wanted to go on, and the opportunity was never there. And in all, in all honesty, I mean, I I was doing real well, but I I probably didn't. I didn't. I don't think I had to make had what it took to make that team, which is fine. And I was working a job back here where I was paid weekly and making nine hundred bucks a week kind of deal. And Fonger came in at the end of camp and basically said, "Hey, we could probably get you hooked up with I think it was Jacksonville at the time in the SPHL." And I guess I, you know, my my decision was basically. The money is not there. How far am I really going to go with this? Like, I, I don't I don't see it progressing past probably the central, right? So I, I actually made the choice to come home and be a working man, I guess. Hindsight, maybe I should have gave it a year. <laughs> I think everybody has that hindsight where they're like, ah, I could get the rest of your life to work. I should have played one year. But, oh, you know, oh, well. But yeah, to go from senior hockey to, like you said, uh, you know, you're in the Central League crying out and the team and, you know, and you get the Southern Pro offer. I mean, you know, that's a hell of a step, you know, for someone, yeah. you know, I mean, so, well, and like you said, so you come back, you're the working man, you're playing senior and, and scrapping and everything else. Um, you know, uh, you know, before we get to, obviously I'll, you know, we're going to talk about, it. well, clearly I'll talk about Ice Wars here right away, but. Just uh, just before we leave senior hockey, I mean, from when you started um, uh, senior back in 05 up to, um, well, I mean, you played last year a little bit. Um, how how has it, how has the mindset and how has the game, I mean, obviously there's a senior game down in Ontario in the early league. Has it sort of mirrored what like the NHL and other leagues are doing where the, you know, less and less fighting and everything else and like yeah, just the so, mindset and, and everything. Yeah. And, and in all honesty, I can say it was about 08. There was, uh, I want to say it was Dan Sanderson, Dan Sanderson or Don Sanderson. I'm pretty Don, sure it was Dan Sanderson. Don Sanderson. Yeah. Donnie said, yeah, it was Don. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, that got, yes. And I, I, I could be a little off in, in, in a year, but Unfortunately, you know, he was in a fight. I'm pretty sure it was Whitby. Whitby and Dundas was playing. He played for one of the teams. He got in a fight, you know, had injury, coma, and, you know, he ended up, he ended up passing away, which, you know, it's, it's, there's always the risk, I guess, right? And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to comment on that, but, that's what that was the turning point in our double A league where with insurances and everything like that. We had when I first started, it was it was two fights a night and I fought every night, twice a night. Like that's the one thing. You you brought up my penalties there. I bet you ninety five percent of those penalty minutes I have, it wasn't a trip, it wasn't a hook, it wasn't a flash, it was a five for fighting. Like it was I, I, if I was going to the box, I took somebody with me every time. It's pretty much how that worked out. And it was usually two fights a night. 
fought once, fought a second time, kicked out, and in in the next game ready to go unless it was under the ten minute mark, I believe is what it was. It was five minute mark. Then you get an extra extra game. So, but uh, no, after that after that Sanderson incident, uh, insurance started to change our platform more than anything. Like we had eye injuries on top of that. So when I first started, we had no visors. It was, it was, I enjoyed, I would much rather not have a visor for the role that I play in. Uh, but, you know, so we went from a couple of eye injuries to now we got visors, the Sanderson incident. Now we're, we're starting to pull fights out. So now you're allowed, you know, one fight, then you can get ejected and then throw in another five years ahead in time. Now that one fight's gone from, well, your first fight's free, unless it's an instigator. Your second fight, that's going to be an additional game. Your third fight, that's going to be two additional games. And then six, seven fights. I, I never made it to the six or seven fights. Then you're getting an indefinite suspension, and you're meeting with the commissioner, and you're you're on a hearing to get back in. Yeah. And then that started bringing in in the same sense, you're, you know, I don't, I don't like to insult the players, but it's a softer generation of hockey. Yep. It is. These oh, guys, believe me, I believe me. I, I, I insult them on this, on this show all the time. Not the players and the I, talent. I've, I've never knocked the guys and their talent, but yes, it is definitely a different, softer, just a different mindset. This know, generation without a doubt. The, the talent is, by far top notch through the roof. It is yep. top notch. Yep. The speed, the things these kids can do. Like I'm, as you say, I, I'm a dinosaur just hanging on. I don't, I don't, I know why I stay relevant and I've adapted enough, but the speed has come in. The problem with eliminating the fighting is now in our league, you got a lot of stick work. You got a lot of guys that'll, that'll yap, 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 yap. And nothing will ever come of it. They'll they'll try to instigate you, which I mean, I do the same thing. If I can instigate you and get our team on the power play, I'll do what I have to do, right? And even with me, I'm known well enough to the league that there's not many guys up until this season. Look, Chase has been Tippin has been in and out of our league. He comes, he plays for a bit, then he goes down, plays in the FHL, kind of comes back up. We've had we've had moments like I, when he first came to our league. I told him I said, uh, "I know you you dominate the FHL, but I said you're here in my league now." That was the first thing I ever told him. <laughs> so, you know, and him and I are actually pretty good buddies off the ice as well. And um, yeah, but it's definitely changed the progression. Speed wise and talent is, you know, it's 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 there. It's good. It's awesome. But it has also, when I go back to the first years I started to play, the kids they're playing now. If they came in when I did, they would have packed up their bags. They would have put it on the front lawn with a sales sign, and they probably never would have come back to hockey in this in this league. 
Oh, I, yeah, I, have, I have a friend that coaches junior, and he played in the minors and stuff and whatever, and he said, oh, yeah, if these, if these kids played junior back when I was playing junior, he goes, there'd be a lot more indoor soccer players, I can tell you that, because, yeah, yeah, they wouldn't be playing. But, um, hey, guys, just taking a little break here. Uh, just a short pause. We've got to do a sponsor read here. You know, we've got to keep the lights on, right? We have, of course, DraftKings, and then our newest sponsor here at the network, Raycon. Thanks, guys. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks on my commute to work, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I've been using the Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, they will not budge. Trust me. Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right, yet quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews, noise isolation, awareness mode. You know, yeah, and when I get to work, I got them in. I'm in and out of the truck all the time. They work great. They don't move. The sound is excellent. Can't beat it. So go to buyraycon.com today and use the promo code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. One last time. That's buyraycon.com, code THPN15. Well, yeah, so just to, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're playing senior and everything. Uh, how, well, let's get to Ice Wars. How did you hear about Ice Wars and, uh, yeah, how did that all happen? So, yeah, literally, uh, the, the Netflix series came out, the Untold Crime and Felonies was on, and of course, I had to watch it. And, and so I started following Demery Trashers, how it originated. And then, uh, all of a sudden, the, they, they put that clip up of the Prince George thing and started advertising that they were going to do this again. And uh, right away, the first, I think somebody tagged me in it, but I had already seen it before I was tagged in it. And right away, I started firing out messages to AJ. I'm like, Hey man, I know you don't know me and I, you're probably getting a whole pile of people right now even messaging you. I said, whatever this is, I'm born for it. I, I, I had a buddy and I laid in the story about Eddie. I said, I had a buddy who was in the original one. This is so surreal. It's something I want to be a part of. Like reach out to me. Let me know. I, I, I flooded his DMs <laughs> with messages and, uh, he, he's like, okay, man, email me, send me a bunch of your stuff, send me some site videos. And that's that's the one thing between uh, – and this was just after Tiffin and I had fought 
this season on ice, which was a much better fight than our first debut at Ice Wars. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I messaged him. I'm like, have you seen this yet, man? He's like, yeah, man, I'm signing up. I'm like, all right, I'm signing up. I'm trying to get in, like, whatever it takes. And, uh, yeah, so we ended up sending some videos. I didn't have much for video because that's the one part. That's the difference between being the seniors. The only time you're getting video is if uh, you got a fan there, a friend, knows you're going to be fighting, they get a they get a quick film of it. So, you know, versus those guys in the FHL and the East Coast and all that and whatnot, ex-guys that played there. So, yeah, so fortunate enough, I sent in the right video and the right photos, and Wayne Vary was the one who originally reached out to me, and that was, he reached out to me. Actually, I apologize. AJ had him reach out to me at the beginning. He asked for my stuff. I guess he looked me up on Elite and then said, okay, we'll be in contact if we want you. So that was going back in January, February. I'm like, ah, there's, there's no way I'm getting in. There's going to be all these guys that played with Tip, this, that, the other. So I, I didn't get my hopes up too high. And then uh, April ro- rolled around last couple of weeks of April and Wayne Berry reached out to me and said, Hey man, you still interested in fighting in this thing? I said, absolutely. <laughs> He's like, okay. And, uh, next thing I know, I got the contract sent to me and I had about two and a half weeks. So I had my boxing buddy, Jamie Ferris, that trained Eddie, helped me out. And I got a hold of Downey and that's what he does now. He's like, He's, he's not doing as much as he used to, but he, he does personal training for pros and all that, and fitness coach, so on and so forth. And, uh, yeah, I put, put in as much work as I could for the two and a half weeks prior to the, before the fights. And that was, that was the debut. <laughs> when, when did you know you were fighting Tippin? Uh, that, not till the day of, not till they did the, uh, draw. But I, you know, I, I just, not that I knew, but I'm like, my luck's going to be, I'm going to have to refight this guy right off the hop. And I, you know, I'd wish she was on the other side. Cause I think that might've, there might've been a little bit more traction on my end from that, but it is what it is. You gotta, sometimes you gotta lose the fight to get better. Right. So, and that did that, that motivated me for the next one. Cause I'm like, that's not going to happen again. <laughs> well, how did your fight go in senior? Uh, we, you know, Tip and I agreed it was a draw. We, we called it a draw. He, he, uh, he's, he's got, he's got the hardest hands I've ever been hit by. He ultimately, I've never been hit by anybody as hard as he hit. And that fight, we had shattered visors. We had broken helmets. I, I put my fist straight through his visor and blew a hole and he had a, about a half inch, three quarter inch hole in his head, and I broke his nose. So he was leaking more than me, but he scored the takedown. So we we agreed to call it a draw. I was out with the boys, and he was at the hospital getting stitched up, his nose straightened. <laughs> so he had payback on his mind here. So, um... oh yeah. Oh, and then like not to mention, you know, there was a little bit of error with his walkout song, his entry song. So then that even 
put him more over the top. Like he he's an intense he's an intense guy. He's a he's a and all honesty, I'm I'm actually surprised that Amsbury pulled it out over him. And it's not like it's a, a lot of respect for Amsbury, a lot of respect for everybody that's done it. But I, I actually I, I had my money riding on tip. So yeah, well, like you said, I mean, he's got the, you know, the history there in the Federal League and all those fights and, uh, you know, big guy and, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it certainly, you know, that w- it wasn't beyond that he would win. I mean, that was, that wasn't like you were talking crazy or anything like that, right? So, um, yeah, like in terms of that first fight, so obviously, okay, you get announced that you're fighting Tip and you're like, okay, well, here we go again. So it's no, no surprise who you're fighting. Um, where do you, like in terms of just that first fight when you look back on it? I mean, it was kind of like where what went wrong for you? Like, did it not like what happened there? So one thing about Downey and this, I'm not. I'm, he's real super technical. His his whole fighting is technical. So get as technical in a sense that you can be, and you know, throw your fitness and everything on top of it, but. I was actually, I ordered synthetic ice off off Amazon because I'm like I've never been on synthetic ice, so I want to get synthetic ice. I want to not only do I want to be technical about it, I want to try and have some sort of upper hand on this ice. So I got this synthetic ice, this cheap shit off Amazon. It was not. It's you know we have it. It wasn't worth the penny that that I paid for it type deal. I got it all set up. And I got on with skates. And okay, I could I'd go move forward. I could move forward. But as soon as I tried to back out from the bag, I could not move backwards on it. So being trying to be technical and mindful of what's going on, I went and I had my skates sharpened ten different ways. Is it sharper better? Is duller better? Is a goalie sharpened better. Like it's, it's a complete different animal. So I, I got super into it and then I ended up, okay, none of this stuff's working. Let's go from a nine contour. Well, the contour of my blade is going from nine. So let's say I have three quarters of an inch of blade touching. Now I've gone to a seven. So now I'm probably sitting at half to a quarter inch of blade touching on the rock. Right. Yep. So, but that worked here on the ice I had, and I could, I could move around. I could slip in. I could slip out. I could, I could cross over on it. I could push, like I said, push out. And when we actually got down there, and I did two sets of blades to match that, because I found out, I found that one on the on the synthetic ice, your blades heat up. They get super hot. They dull fast. So I'm okay. I am bring two sets of blades in case something happens. I want to go the distance, right? I want to go three fights. So let's be tactical. I even had ice ringside when it came down to it to cool my blades. We never ended up doing it because when I actually got on the ice to do a little pre-skate before the fight, as soon as I would roll forward, my feet would go out in front of me. It was the, the, that, that can ice is absolutely probably 80 to 90% like ice, other than the fact that it doesn't dig in. So I found the ice to be super loose, slippery, and I could move. I, I could actually move really good on it. But 
the moment I went to go to my toes, I was like, Bambi, I'd lose my balance. So that, that was, uh, that was pro that, that didn't help my situation because my game plan with tip was to kind of get in tight. I didn't plan on him being, I mean, he's a big dude. He, he can throw them, but I was hoping to wear him out. So my, my initial thought was, okay, get in tight with him on the first round and try and wear him down, make him work, make him work. Second round, like he's going to win the first round, second round, try and score some punches back and then hopefully third round if it needs it for the icebreaker he'd be gassed and i'd score some more points and get out of it with enough points that was my game plan going into that fight but like i said as soon as i would roll forward to go in on him and i watched in aaron and i broke down the fight videos and my buddy jamie we broke down the fight videos and every time i'd lean forward and try to even throw a punch. You just see my right leg or left leg just slide right out. So I'm I'm blaming the contour. It was a learn. It was a learning lesson. So yeah, that's uh, that's how that played out. Okay. Well, so you like you said, you, you unfortunately you lose the the an ice wars one to to chase. Um, so it's back to the drawing board for ice wars two. Um, and I mean, I'm sure obviously you told AJ that, you know, you want to, you, you want back in there to, uh, or, or I'm assuming you wanted to go back into Ice Wars 2 right away. I didn't think you needed to be talked into it or anything. Oh, I, no, I did. It was, I had, I did right away, right away. I'm like, AJ, I promise after the fight. I mean, I, I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't bummed out. Like, it was cool. It was amazing to be a part of. It was, it was like, uh, it was a dream. Like, you know what I mean? When it, when it came down to making pro, I can straight up tell you, I didn't have what it takes to be pro, but this was right in my, right in my lane here. I'm finally in my lane and I got a shot at this. We're going to do this. So when I didn't have a good outing, you know, I, I, I dwelled on it for about two weeks, you know, thought about what I could do better, how I could change things. And right away I was back on the phone. I'm like, Aaron, I got, I'm going to get back in this somehow. And I want you to train me, so I'm calling Aaron Downey. I'm like, whatever it takes, let me know. Are you interested? I really want to do this, you know. And that's the one thing with him is if you're passionate about something and he can and he senses it, he'll be willing to put the work in with you. So, you know, I proved I proved enough to him that I was passionate about it and I just kept I tried not to overwhelm AJ with stuff, but I'm like, Man, I'm telling you, I got more in the tank please give me another opportunity here and there'll be a better outing. So uh, I think, I think I spent a week, a week home after the first fight week, maybe two weeks. And then I, I started training right away for the next one. I said, I'm coming, I'm coming to the next one. I'm going to be in shape. I'm going to be good. And it's going to be a different story. And I went back to a normal rocker on my skate and bought the ice that we actually used. And that right there was the game changer. So. Well, like you said, and Aaron, and Aaron Downey's over at your place because um, for those that don't know, uh, Corey had would put some of the training videos up on you know just a brief you know ten fifteen seconds or whatever on social media. So of course like, we're all watching you train with Downey. It's like holy shit, this guy's serious. All right, um, what kind of? Um, uh, 
I mean, obviously, with with something like Ice Wars, when it's a judged hockey, a judged hockey fight, you're gonna obviously the mindset is probably a little different than you know we're fighting senior, uh, senior on a Saturday night kind of thing in some small town. What did you and Aaron kind of focus on in terms of um, like what ideas did he have for it? Like what what you like, should be well, what you should be doing or like you know that type of thing. Just kind of what what was he preaching? His, I mean, his his biggest thing is positive mindset, right? It, it, it doesn't matter what shape your body is in. It doesn't matter your physical fitness. You know what I mean? Anything. If you don't have the positive mindset going in, if you don't, if you don't have the attitude of there's nothing to lose here, go out there, do your best, have a good time, think positive, be positive, join that mindset. Like I'd read a book before we could even start training. Just, and it's all on, uh, I should know the name of the book. I'm, I'm going to be in trouble for not knowing the name of the book, but uh, you know, that was, that was, uh, his first thing. Read this book, get an A, B, C, D plan, whatever it is. Visualize, write it down, repeat, visualize, write it down, repeat. Think about how you're going to make A, B, C, D come together. And if you miss an A, B, C, D, restart A, B, C, D, keep going back, you know, and that's, you know, it, in most parts, it was get the mindset that you're going to – how you going to get in there. Okay, so two rams come together. B, you know, maybe take the power away. Or B, you're going to strike. C, you're going to take the power away. D, you're going to do, you know, turn into the, your power, so on and so forth. And what happens if you get down? How are you going to regroup? Like, he's, he's very – technical um like we talked about before we got on here was he uh he everything's be a skid steer out there be a dolly let them move you if you're fighting a big bigger guy you'll feel their he, he has a way of you feel when they lose their bit of breath from wrestling with you and maybe you're not using as much energy you got a bit of a cover up whatever you got to do but they're burning a whole pile of energy moving you around and you're just acting like a dolly, letting them use all their, their strength and their conditioning. And then boom, break out of it, slip a punch and then go back to the ABCD. Like he's, uh, he's, he, he's, he focuses on mobility and recovery. And that's, I mean, that's how he had a, a successful and I can say a long-term pro pro career. Yep. It's just, you know, he, he lives by, uh, cold tubs and saunas and putting in the work. So I can, he's done, he's actually done more than he knows he's done. I think for me throughout the years, it's like, like I said, he, he was a part of that initial tryout that I got down the central and you know, there's, he's, he's been an inspiration for me too. Like, there's a guy that go back to his, his series of methods of see it, believe it, write it down, see it, believe it, write it down. No matter how many times that guy was up and down, East Coast, AHL, NHL, right? Yep. Back down the AHL, back up the NHL, advocating for himself. Like he negotiated his own, his own contract with Ken Holland, basically. Like he called Ken Holland and said, I need, I'm, I'm what you need in Detroit. Bring me to Detroit. Let me look after these guys. Like it, it was him. He he reached out and he he sold himself to Ken and 
Now he's got a Stanley Cup ring, Stanley yep. Cup champion. And he's, he's also the guy that if you recognize him and you run into him somewhere and you talk to him, that, that guy's going to, Aaron will stand there and he'll pretty much, I mean, it's a little bit different now that he's got kids, but he'll stand there and he'll talk to you until you're done. He, he's the most down to earth and realistic person that I actually know. And by him, but honestly, he's, he's, he's legitimately one of my heroes and one of my idols because that is the definition of a person who perseveres and doesn't give up. And that, that was probably the biggest thing that he put into my, my corner for me is instilling that in myself even. So it goes a long way. Absolutely. Um, what did he think of Ice Wars? What, what was it? What are, oh, what's his feelings at the event? I, he thinks it's cool. Like, no, he's, he's, he thinks it's great. Like he's, uh, you know, he, he, he loves hockey. You know, he, he, he's passionate about the sports and stuff that he does. And I think, I think in all honesty, if, uh, I mean, he wouldn't do it, but I, I think if that was around it, during his era and the NHL wasn't in his, in his future and in his reality, I, I think that would be something you would have seen him do. Yeah, in, in, all honesty, in his Hampton Roads days, I could see it. Yeah, and, and in all honesty, uh, he he likes it. He's I, I've been trying to, you know, he's like I said, he, he's got kids now. He's got a he's got a, a wife and all that, and he's living living a good retired life. I think like enjoying life, enjoying the moments, and. Uh, I, th- I think if I had a little more notice, and I'm hoping there's a little more notice if there's going to be, or I shouldn't say if there's going to be, when Ice Wars 3 comes around, I'm hoping I draw him into my corner this time to actually be able to get out there. I'm hoping I have an advance notice on the date, get the date set up, and I'm hoping you guys get to see him in my corner. So, Well, that'd be pretty cool, yeah, for sure. Well, let's get to Ice Wars too. So AJ gives you the thumbs up. You're now you're training with Downey, and you're you know you've like you said you've made the changes, you've made the physical changes. Um, you find out you're fighting James Brooks, and you get there, um, and it's not a tournament, it's just the one. What, how did that change your mindset too? When it's a single fight instead of a tournament, did that change your mindset at all? Well, well I knew, I knew going in. I, I'm trying to think of when we knew. I, I knew at least a month a bit before, maybe, maybe before that, that it was only going to be a single fight, that it was going to be the cruiserweight division. Yeah. We were going to do what those grudge matches, grudge matches did between us. So, but I, I put the training in, you know, I, I was fine with it, but I put the training in as if it's going to be a three round thing. It's going to be, it's going to be the distance. Right. And, uh, I, I looked at a few of James's videos. I watched his videos with Tip. He's got, I think he's got three or four rounds of Tip, and yeah, yeah. You know, I I compared to how I stood against Tip on the ice, and I'm like, all right, worst case scenario here, he's going to put in a bit more than what he had back back then, and he's probably these these videos are for from eight years ago, maybe even. So I'm like, it's probably a little bit heavier than what he was then too. So just be prepared that we're going to have to move a little more meet around and and that's where Aaron and I actually came up with the plan is he's like hey do you do you want to cut down what do you, how do you want to prepare yourself do you want to cut down be 240 
or do you want to stay up 280? We just take out that tire off. We turn that back into muscle. Like, how do you want to do it? I said, well, my plan is to eventually, if the super heavyweight comes out, to stay in the super heavyweight because why not? That's the real challenge. That's And, you know, not to take anything away from the lighter guys, but I think it's, you know, kind of cool if I get in there against Tip again and if, if Sawyer and I get square off. And, you know, I Cowboy and I, Cowboy and I have a lot of respect for each other. Really good guy. Great guy, actually. And if, if it comes down, we have to fight each other too. Like, cool. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll have fun afterwards, but in the moment, let's get it done. Let's, let's compete against these guys that were in that original one. It just makes it even more OG style, right? Yep. Well, so so the day comes, you're you're fighting Brooks, um, uh, and you and you went. Uh, it went the two rounds. Um, unfortunately, there was a lot of helmet issues in your guys' fight. Oh. Um, how much did that hurt your momentum? That had to have hurt your broke so, your momentum. Uh, oh, that killed my momentum. Yeah, that I watched the I watched the fight like so. Take the introduction off it. It was a 14 minute introduction yeah. video, and like so now you just taking a two minute fight three minutes say with your break like just throw the whole time in and you you've doubled that time now so it actually wasn't it wasn't in my favor don't get me wrong i I trained i i trained hard like we were doing uh five six bags heavy bags a minute 25 a bag move 45 second break move to the next bag 45 second break move the next bag 125 boom 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 and, you know, the helmet was, I, like, I actually wanted to fucking chuck the helmet. I was so pissed off at the helmet. And I've never, like, I, I go back to the tip fight. I've never had an issue with my helmet come off so much. And then, yeah, so that was, you know, that was a disappointing factor in it. But the whole fight, I felt solid. I felt strong. The cardio was there. I could drain the tank. 30-second recover tank back in again, like full again. And just leading up to it, uh, one of Aaron's biggest things for me is to do a warm-up. So I don't know if some of the guys were out there earlier, but I actually did a 15-minute warm-up an hour before the event, get the heart rate up, get my blood flowing. And honestly, I was just, from the moment I did that, my body was just jiving. It was all that C-positive, believe it, write it down, have a plan, carry forward. And it... I I felt dominant through it, and not to take anything away from James. James is a great guy, great competitor, and I just I even when he had my helmet off and the hits, the punches, I, they didn't even phase me. I just kept like it was like it didn't happen, and I think even most times, even if he did get my helmet off, I ended up scoring most takedowns. Other than the fact that I, you know, I I tried to wind up with one and missed, and that that's the ice, but. uh no, it was, uh, I'm happy with my performance, minus the helmet, that's for sure. Yeah. No, it was, um, yeah, it was a different, now, just from, uh, now take away from the competitor standpoint, or maybe competitor as well, but take away from that, just as a Ice Wars fan yourself, when you're there, what were the, was there a noticeable difference between the first and the second one that you saw from the, oh, yeah. yeah? Yeah, we definitely, like, the the crowd capacity there that like 
it was definitely like I think we were three quarters full, if not almost. Well, there's definitely more people there the second time for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, it it was different coming out, and definitely more relaxed too. Like in all honesty, I had the upper upper advantage knowing that I've already been on the ice, I've got it at home. So that that whole atmosphere on that, the whole scenario was uh, no, it was definitely definitely no jitters going into no nerves. Where go back to the tip fight. There were some nerves there. There were some nerves because I knew how hard he could hit and how, how strong he actually is. And not and knowing, I knew from skating on that I was going to be not just battling him, battling my, my skates, right? So, so yeah, it's, uh, no, it's, but, like I said, it's, if, I think if the, uh, I'm actually, I'm going to, Jim, is it Jim? Yeah. What's their ref name? Yes. Yeah. The ref stopped me the one time. I watched the fight, and I knew it too, because I had him on the boards, and I was going at him on the board, and they stopped it. I don't know if they're worried about the boards breaking or what it was, but they actually stopped it, and I I was on a roll going into that. So I was a little bit. I looked at that and thought, "Shit, that could have been a good spot right there." Yeah, yeah. No, it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. You know, I was, you know, I was at both as well. And, you know, from the, obviously from the fan side, yeah, there's definitely more people there the second time. But it it seemed that it seemed to be run a little, you know, because I mean, it's like anything, right? I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, walk before you run in terms of an event and that type of thing. It it definitely seemed tighter the second time than the first one. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It was, it was definitely, yeah, for sure. And I think every, every time, every time they do an event, it's only going to get smoother. Like that's the thing about being a new sport, infant stages. You, you gotta, you gotta, even as a spectator and fan, you gotta expect there might be a hiccup or two. But no, that was all in all, it was run well. The fighters came out how they should have. There was some good fights. Like yeah, that Mal- Malcolm and and Czech, Like that was for me. That was the pound for, pound for pound fight of the night for sure. Me too. Those yeah. boys could throw and yeah. and. and and the 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 cowboy and Ansbury fight, like that was a great fight too. Like it, yep. it was all all the fights were good. They were actually good. Yes, they were. I don't yeah, was, I don't think there was I don't think there was a dull fight other than the momentum loss. Like I said, I'll I'll throw it out there. Brooks and I just had a momentum loss over the helmet. So yeah, and I mean, and that's through nobody's fault. You know, it's just the way it was. The equipment problem, but I mean, it wasn't. You know, whatever, but yeah, and unfortunately, you know that happened. But you know, and again, like you said, right? That's something going forward. I know. I think uh, like Swanson had a custom st- chin strap done, and uh, he hasn't lost his helmet in either fight. And uh, and he kind of, yeah. and I think he mentioned it to AJ about because he got it like custom made and shit. And it's like going forward, maybe this is something we should look into, right? Because then this won't happen. And and like you said, right? It's just something going forward that you know, you learn and, and hopefully, you know, you can, you can rectify the situation, you know, but unfortunately you don't know what's wrong until it's going wrong. And unfortunately for you guys, it was during your fight. But, uh, but other than that, I mean, you guys, like you said, you both went the distance and, uh, you know, James, you know, good. Yeah. I got to hang out with him after good dude, had him on the show before and yeah, good guy. And, uh, yeah, you guys had a good tilt and unfortunately it's kind of, you know, with the stop and start, you know, I felt bad for both of you guys, you know, to get anything going, but there's definitely some shots landed without a doubt. Um, 
Well, like you said, you're definitely, you definitely, wherever the third one may be, you want to be in it. Um, I, I, I gave, I kind of did this to justice too, but when I had him on, but I kind of this, uh, kind of the UFC deal. If you could, if you could call a guy out for Ice Wars 3, who are you calling out? Ooh. That's really, think of that one, eh? If I could call a guy out. Wow. Why you put me on the spot like that? I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I'd like to give Ryan Reeves a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reeves, like, get down I'd, here. I'd like, I'd like to see. I'd like to see if I could handle him. How he'd do, right? Maybe, maybe Wilson, Tom Wilson. No, I like really. Yeah, I'd have to say Revo. There you go. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Let, let's get realistic. Let's get let's get a guy that's not in the show. <laughs> well, I like so the Revo answer there, myself. All, he's out there all the time. Is nasty. What are you doing? Let's do this. Let's get it on. We'll drink some Pink Whitney after. Come on. There you go. Well, it was funny because, like I said, I had Cole Johnson on a few weeks ago, and he ran into Biz because Biz is doing the Pink Whitney tour, and he ran into him here in Saskatoon at the bar, and he had his Ice Wars jersey and stuff. And he got his picture with Biz, and Biz was like, you're one of them Ice Wars guys. He's like, you fuckers are crazy, man. I'd never do it. I think you might be out because he's like, I couldn't do that shit. But uh, I, I think maybe if you threw enough money at AJ, if you throw enough money at Biz, I bet you could get him to do it. Yeah, there we go. Biz and the A train. Let's headline this thing for the for all for all the pink Whitney you could drink. Here we go. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm still waiting to see. I'm still waiting to see Barnaby and Avery show up in it. <laughs> ah, see that would see there. That's what AJ needs to do. He needs to set that up. Barnaby and Avery. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Hey, Barnaby said he would on. Yeah. What feed he was on? He said he'd do it on. Yep. On a on a fight of sorts, a hockey uh, somewhere. No, that's when uh, Avery went for the tryout down with the Solar Bears or something. Yeah, making his comeback. Yeah, and Barnaby said, "Who wants to sign me?" Yeah. Oh, you know <laughs> Barnaby. You know Barnaby would do it for sure. He would. Yeah. That that'd be hilarious. Um, yeah. Well, man. Um, yeah. Well, there we go. There's the you know the the Corey Allen uh, timeline. Um, but before we let you go, I mean, you were telling me off air, you were neighbors with Chris Neal. You got to tell the Chris Neal story. Yeah. So yeah, Nealer, Nealer is a question boy. So he ended up when he first made it uh, on Ottawa there, and he got his first contract. Might have been a year or two in, but he actually bought a farm right around the corner from us. So we uh, they were in the playoffs, playing Toronto. I can't think of the year what what year it was. I'm not sorry. I'm not not a fan of neither team really. Actually, so <laughs> I'm an Avs fan. There you go. And uh, yeah, so they're in the playoffs. Me and my two buddies, uh, Andy and Andrew, yeah, two Andys. We built this uh, sign: goalies go, Neil sucks, Domi, whatever. This is on a a four by eight sheet of plywood. So we take it out to Neil's field. We put it on these stakes, and we hammer this thing into the cornfield out there. <laughs> I guess they well, they got put out. Ottawa got put out that night, and 
one of Neil's brothers. I'm not going to say which one. So I was driving, driving by, seeing the sign, tore across the field, drove over the sign, was looking for blood for whoever did it. We have, we have photos. We have, we have the full moon photos, the three of us. Asses, asses out, <laughs> taking the photo in front of the sign. And then, yeah, I was like, I can say it was a, a season later. Maybe it was even the off season that summer. But a uh, bunch of family connections, a girl I dated related to so-and-so who's, and I mean, small town. So Chris was actually in town and out of buck and doe. So I went over and I was talking to him. and He was pretty good. He bought me a bunch of beers. We were shooting shit. And I said, hey, man, I, I got to tell you this straight up. I said, because uh, we, we, I probably wouldn't have told him this if we didn't build a good bond of what we had going on. But I'm like, it was me and my buddies that put that sign up in uh, in your field when you got put out. He was like, yeah, he loved it. He said, I loved it. But he's like, my fucking brother was looking to kill you. He was wanting to find, he was out for blood. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, about two years later, I'd end up playing uh playing with his other brother in Durham in the senior. So, yeah, it was, I got to tell him that story, too. So it was, it was good times, good fun. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, over the years, I mean, obviously you've run it while well, he owns the farm next to you guys. Obviously you've run into him. Um, what what Overall, what what's Neil like? Good dude? Yeah, no, he's a great guy. So, he's, he, I mean, he's up in Ottawa now, clearly, but this yeah. is before he made the transition and all that stuff. But, no, yeah, he's down to earth, like, he is, again, there's another guy, like, I, I praise Aaron, but there's another beauty guy, a local guy from our area, old Dundalk Flesh in Shelburne, Ontario. And uh, he's he's just a down-to-earth guy. He's, he's real, and I think at the same time, he's one of those guys that if you recognize him and he's got time to talk, he'll, he'll talk to you until you run out of time, too. So he's pretty good. At least that's the way he was back in the day around here, so... Yeah, I mean, like like a thousand games with all, well, especially with one team too. That's unheard of nowadays too. But thousand games and played yeah. played top the whole time. And I mean, I mean, I know online some people kind of whatever they you know whatever they say talk shit about Chris Neal. I love I always loved Chris Neal. I was a big big fan. I've been a fan since when he was playing in the IHL with Grand Rapids. And I was like, who is this guy? Because he was an OHL guy. So being out west, we never saw him, right? But all of a sudden, he's in the IHL, and I get the Grand Rapids tapes. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's awesome. And he's going, like, toe-to-toe with Engelstad. He was, like, doing the – he was awesome. And then, yeah. you know, like I said, gets to Ottawa and played 1,000 games there and, you know, fought everybody. And, yeah, he had a hell of a career, man, and made millions. And, yeah, good for him. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. and, and he... down – Sorry. Sorry, didn't get – No, no, go ahead. There. Go ahead. No, but even like so, just with Aaron, like you know, it, he he does like a couple of videos I did. The one he's got this this workout that we do. It's called the Proby, right? So it's this ABF pipe stuff full of rocks and everything you can think of, and you shift your balance. So he he he's a he's got a bunch of uh, stretches and workouts that he's named after guys. So even. Uh, Chris Neal. We have a Chris Neal workout where we're pumping up the crowd. So it's just resistant bands, but you know, we go from a Ben Johnson to Chris Neal pumping the crowd up and, uh, you know, onto the probie later for fighting. So it's just, you know, that to me is the respect that he has for guys too, Aaron, that he's had to fight over his career and whatnot. And in a sense where he's naming stuff after them, okay, you're going to have to fight Chris Neal. Here's, 
he's going to be pumping the crowd up, trying to get the crowd behind him with them. And, you know, you got Proby, so you're going to be in a wrestling match. You're going to be, he's going to be trying to move you around. So, you know, those guys got a lot of mutual respect in there for themselves too. That's makes them great. So. No, absolutely. And, uh, well, man, th- this has been a lot of fun. Um, I know it was fun. I know I got to hang out with you there. At, um, I talked to you briefly at the first one, but in the second one, when we were in the casino bar there and we kind of were hanging out and you had the autograph jersey. I, even Corey was even nice enough to get me to ask me to autograph it, which was an honor for me just yeah. to be even, to be even thought of like that was, was really cool. And, and, uh, no man, it was, it was great to meet you at Edmonton and, uh, it was fun to sit and talk with you. And, and like I said then, I, right. I said, yeah, I got to get you on the show, man. And I know we've been working on it for a while here, but, uh, I really want to thank you today for coming on. I really appreciate it. No, I, I definitely appreciate the time. And, you know, it's, all the guys that are involved, they got to appreciate it too because you're, you're giving us another platform to try and basically promote what we're doing, and that's that's awesome. So we appreciate no. you. Yeah, well, thank you. No, absolutely. And I told AJ right from the start, I'm a fan, and I'm, I'm here to support the the event and the guys and anything I can do to, to get you guys on and spread the word and, you know, because I think it's great, and uh, looking forward to Ice Wars three wherever that may be, and uh, and uh, you know, well, and I mean, once it gets announced and what's going on, I mean, we will have to get you back on, and we, you know, we'll uh, we'll talk some shop again, but uh, I won't keep you any longer. I know we've been on here for a while, so uh, I'll let you yeah. go. But thank you very much. A, a quick note, a quick note before you go. Oh hey, I was speaking. I have spoke with AJ, and I have spoke with Charlie, and. It is. It is in the works. They are looking for somewhere. Yep. And it is. It is in the talk. So. Yeah. Well, like I was telling you, I said. Everybody's aware. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I've been pumping. I, you know, and I said I was telling you. I said, I know it's not going to happen, but selfishly, I want it in Edmonton a third time, just so I can go to it in person. <laughs> but uh, I know that's not going to happen. But uh, you know, I know Florida and Montreal has kind of been bounced around, so. But uh, regardless of wherever it is, I'll definitely be supporting it from a distance. I'll have to watch it on pay-per-view like everyone else. But uh, I will definitely have you guys on and, and again for it. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Ice Wars 3, wherever it may be. But uh, all yeah. right, man. All right, cheers. Thanks. Thanks, Corey. I really appreciate it. Have a good night, man. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 